The Adventure Jogger, a podcast about trail and ultra running. Meet fascinating runners from the front, middle, and back of the pack, sharing inspiring and funny stories about life and running. Running should be fun, and so should running podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Pluckelman, and this is The Adventure Jogger. Welcome to another episode of The Adventure Jogger. We are going to answer a very important question on this episode. Who inspires the ones who inspire us? Who are the heroes of our heroes? And if I say the name Andy Jones Wilkins, I think a lot of us are inspired by Andy and not only his, not only his incredible personality, but his incredible career through ultra running. I think uh, Andy is one of those people that is such an ambassador to the sport, loved. I know the Western United States tries to claim him, but we're going to claim him over here in the Eastern United States. He's ours. You can't have him. But who inspires Andy Jones Wilkins? We're going to find out today, <clears throat> excuse me, on this episode of the Adventure Jogger because, well, my, my guest co-host is Andy Jones Wilkins. Hello, Andy. Hey, thank you, Ryan. It's great to be here. All right. So you posted not too long ago about someone who inspires you, someone who is a hero of yours. Uh, a man who ran his first ultra in 1981 when I was three years old. Uh, I was the American River 50. He's got 20 finishes at Western States. Do they have, Andy, a 2,000 miles in 20 days buckle? Yes, they do. I can only imagine a handful of people have that buckle. He also has 10 finishes at Hard Rock. The 10th finish he got this year. Andy, we got Scott Mills on the Adventure Jogger. I don't know. This just gives me the chills. Scott, it's so glad. It's so great to have you here. Welcome, Scott. How are you? I'm doing well, Andy. We sure missed you this summer at Hard Rock, man. Everybody was asking about you. It was not the same without your effusive uh, character character out there uh, cheering everyone on so you can't be uh you got to get back there man i know western states uh took up some of your time but we missed you at hard rock as well this year well i mean let's just get this out of the way i i was i wasn't even sure western states was going to be able to happen because you weren't there so (laughs) you know it 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 goes both ways and and ryan if i could just jump in please do you know the first the first time scott ran western states 1982 i was a freshman in high school (laughs) (laughs) put that into perspective everybody uh scott let's get kind of started before we get into your your adventure i want to talk about how you discovered the sport because nowadays you get a handful of 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 answers from people who've discovered the sport now it's either through you know born to run or ultra marathon man or a documentary but you ran your first ultra in 1981 if i hosted a podcast in 81 two people would listen and you probably wouldn't be one of them scott how did you discover the sport of ultra running back in the 80s uh, Ryan, it's it's kind of a long story, but I'm going to give you the the abbreviated uh, version. I I was uh, in the Air Force at the time. I'd gone to the Air Force Academy and played soccer mm-hmm. intercollegiately, and 
I love soccer, but after I graduated, it was really easy for me to gain weight and because I, I wasn't exercising as much. So I got in a city league uh, playing soccer, but after a while, I was getting so beat up uh, from playing in these, these uh, city leagues that I, I needed a, an alternative to, to keep the weight off and to stay in shape and to be active. And at the time, I, I had met my wife of now 42 years, and um, I, I, I really didn't like running. I, it, it was uh, a necessity in soccer just to stay in shape, but I didn't really care for it. But I was uh, dating her, and one day she said, uh, do you like to jog? And I said, I lied through my teeth. I said, absolutely, I love to jog, just so I could spend time with her. So she introduced me to, to running on the American River Bike Trail, and, and uh and I began to really sort of enjoy it because I could eat what I wanted. I started losing weight. Um, I was spending quality time with Jean, my wife, and we kept increasing our mileage. Uh, she said, you want to do a 5K? And I said, I don't know if I can do three miles. And she said, oh, I'm sure you can. So uh, the inevitability of all that was we moved up from a 5K to a 10K to my first marathon while we are in Sacramento. And one day behind our house, I saw these runners coming down the American River bike trail behind us, and they had these bibs on. I said, hey, uh, what's going on? What kind of a race? And they said, it's American River 50 from Auburn to Sacramento. And I went 50 miles, and they went, yeah. I said, I had no idea things like that went on. And they said, yeah, it's kind of a small up, up, upstart sport, but, um, you know, it's, it's trail running and, and distance running. and." So that was kind of the beginning of it. I, I uh, signed up for my first AR50 in 81 um, and then running and training with some people in Sacramento. Uh, they told me about this thing called the Western States, which was up in Auburn area also. And that kind of captured my interest. And over time with mutual friends and, and moving up and everything, I just fell in love with uh ultra running and and specifically trail ultra running so um, I, my wife to this day when she complains that i run too many ultras i can always use her or say back to her you're the one that caused all this you were the one that got me into running so quit complaining it's your own damn fault <laughs> i love to and, I, and ryan i have to jump in Go here. Ahead. i mean gene as as awesome as scott is as as all as the three of us on on this podcast can attest, we're only as good as our better half. And Gene is absolutely one of the best. And uh, and I, it doesn't surprise me at all that that she roped Scott into this all the way back in 1981. And you know you're gonna have to just ride it out now. Well, what I love too, <laughs> Scott. Honestly, I love how you said your your wife to be said. Do you like jogging? You know, and that's that like take it back. This is before even the the big running boom of the eighties, because now right. jogging is a is a dirty word, right? There are people right, that refuse right. to listen to my podcast because it's called the Adventure Jogger. Because like I'm not a jogger, I'm a, I'm a runner. But even the even the running scene back then, Scott was was not as big as it would become. It was kind of this 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 strange thing that your skinny neighbors did at the time. Yeah, I think the big uh, move at that point in time was people saying, hey, I want to do a, a marathon. The marathon was the new craze, you know, and uh, back then 
everybody thought of the longest possible distance to run a, as a marathon. Gene and I trained and, and worked and dated and ran together, but when we hit about the half marathon thing, she pretty much said, said to me, uh, you're on your own now. I, I, reached, <laughs> I reached my max limit here. You, you're on your own. And, and uh, she then continued, as AJ said, and, and to support me over all these years and has sacrificed a, a lot of our vacations and and time with on trips and everything because it always seemed like a vacation surrounded itself with some kind of ultra. <laughs> AJ knows that story very well. Um, but she's been she's been my soulmate for my whole life and so supportive of every single one of my hundred milers. What was that first Western States like in 1982? It was very special, just like everyone is now when you, you get to Squaw Valley there and you start up the ski slope uh, to, to the top of the mountain there. But it was truly a lot different back then. You know, you could actually put in to get in Western states and have a very <laughs> likelihood of being accepted because mm -hmm. of the numbers. I'll never forget my first one because... Um, these are some of the things that have changed so much over the years. Water bottles back then were, um, there were no water bottles, basically. What you had to do <laughs> is make shift with either like a Aunt Jemima's maple syrup bottle because it had a handle on it. Yeah. Or, or a chemistry a spitzer bottle that you use for... <laughs> titrating in chemistry class. <laughs> uh, there were no backpacks then. Most people uh, made a makeshift uh, hip belt of some sort where you could carry a bottle. And, and the only like power foods at the time was the, the power bar itself. Uh, there were no gels or goos or anything. So it was a whole different um, perspective on how far things have come over the years from those very early years. Um, the one thing that remains the Western states and AJ knows this better than anyone is the, the passion and the special, special camaraderie that everyone who toes the line there the morning of the race going up uh, to the escarpment feels because it, it's special. It's unique. It's one of a kind. It's an iconic race. And it's always been a goal of mine to try and get 10 finishes. And then when I got to 10 and 11, it was like, well, maybe I could hang on for a few more but you know it's so popular that it's hard to get in the race so it, it literally took me from 81 to 2018 to to get a shot at my 20th and uh feel really lucky and blessed to have been able to uh have the opportunity and i i hope more people can can continue to get in the race and, and experience it because it, it's pretty special andy don't you think and i know you know people I know Craig Thornley's phone number is in your iPhone right now <laughs> under C-Baby. And I know you could call him and say, like, listen, we need to make it a rule that if you've got a 2,000 miles in 20, day, or in 20 days buckle, that you just get a free entry. Like, Because how many of those exist, if you think about it? Like, there's only got to be a handful of those buckles. There are they're, they're, they're six. I, I, in fact, I, I remember when Scotty got his uh, 20th. They're six. I, 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 I can name them. Uh, I'll, I'll miss somebody. But uh, Charles Savage, Dan Williams, Tim Tweetmeyer, Scotty, 
uh, Gordy, and one more that's slipping my mind. Scotty, you know the six. Yeah, Jim, Jim Scott. Tim, Jim Scott, right. So those are those are the six. Um, you know, Ann Trayson finished 14. She happened to win them all. Um, I, I, I think what's amazing about Scott and he, that he didn't say is, you know, the, so the span of time from his first to his 20th was 37 years. Yeah. Right. So so more or less every other year ish. And, and for those of you listening might not know that for a while there was a two time loser um, policy where if you lost in the lottery two times, you automatically got in the third year. Uh, and, and one of Scotty's claims to fame is he's probably the all time winningest two time loser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's, I mean, yeah. I mean, who else can say that? <laughs> yeah, well, that's a dubious distinction, AJ. Thanks. <laughs> I, I think the, I think the other thing would say that, that, that I would like to offer up is I remember seeing a photograph, kind of a grainy photograph. It wasn't Scotty's 82 finish, but it was one of the 80 finishes in the 1980s. And the track at, at Placer High School was still a uh, cinder track, and the and the banner was like saggy so low <laughs> that you almost hit it with your head. And I remember seeing a, a, a picture of Scotty coming around the track, and I mean that that inspired me. I was like, I want to do that race someday. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, you talked earlier, Scott, about the equipment at the first Western States, and I can only imagine what your neighbors thought as you were training with this homemade belt with syrup, with Aunt Jemima syrup bottles full of water. They must have thought you were a nut. Yeah, well, you know, um, as AJ knows, uh, and I'm sure you appreciate too, is trying to do all the training back then there was there was not as many people in the sport so you were kind of on your own and a lot of times you know you didn't you really weren't able to to sh uh, there weren't a lot of people around to to kind of acknowledge or question you on your craziness to, to want to do these things so um, it wasn't until the sport has evolved over the last decades that things kind of increase from the perspective of acceptance or understanding of what the sport is all about. Um, um, I, I enjoyed more than anything else. So with every single one of my Western States who were, was going up and training on the course and meeting people and sharing information. Cause that's what our sport is all about. You learn the sport uh, today with podcasts and books and blogs and all of that. But back then, and, it still is important today if you learn it from other people who have experience and who share their knowledge, their their races, their experience, what's worked for them. And, and it's such a genuine sport from that perspective of, of everybody working together to, to beat the course, not to beat each other, you know, and, and that's what I love about Ultraman. Ryan, I think it's it's important for you know because I know that you have a uh, you know have a, a a bent towards the East Coast mm -hmm. as do I, and I think it's important at this juncture, especially as Scotty's talking about the collective wisdom, 
we, we need to explain to all of the people listening that, that Scotty spent a good chunk of this time that he was doing all these hard rocks and western states back here on the east coast in uh, in virginia actually and you know we we all wonder what he was doing you know with his military background and all that but we won't <laughs> we won't talk about that but but uh but the virginia happy trails running club you know scott mills is one of like what i probably you probably still have your membership with the club even though you live out west now but talk to us a little bit about the VHTRC and the impact that that club because it's one of the true trail running clubs in the country what what impact that club had on you as you were kind of in your in your middle age if you will uh, as an ultra runner AJ, thanks for bringing that up. Uh, you're you're dead on with that observation or that comment. Um, my wife and I were both in the Air Force, and we moved around, and we had two different assignments to the East Coast uh, at the Pentagon. And um, when I showed up there, the first thing I did in Ultra Running Magazine was try and uh, find out what races were in the area and and uh, I came across the Virginia Happy Trails Running Club, the VHTRC, uh, Anster Davidson, Chris Scott, Ed Demoni, and some of the, the people who were, Joe Clapper, who were instrumental in putting together this ultra running club on trails in Virginia and putting on some races were there and welcomed me into their group. And, and it was so amazing to be able to go out on weekends with like-minded people train in the Appalachian Trail and up in the Shenandoah Valley on beautiful trails and not only learn the sport, but share the experience with, with a club that quite honestly, as AJ has alluded to, is probably one of the most premier, largest ultra trail running clubs in the country. I think I, I, I met up at Hard Rock with several people who were in the club and um, that I, I knew when I was back in the East Coast. And they were telling me the club membership is upwards of almost 800 people now, which is, think about that, 800 people in the greater D.C. metropolitan area of Virginia, Maryland, and, and D.C. Um, and uh, the ability to train and meet and socialize with those people back in the early years was quite honestly as or more important than when I lived in Sacramento and was able to have access to the Western States trails. I would offer up to say the VH, it, it's so much more than a running club, right? When, 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 when a member of the club at this stage, when a member of the club, there's a marriage, there's a, there's a wedding celebration around the club. When, when someone uh, tragically, when someone passes away and you go to their funeral, you know, there's 50 members of the club at the funeral. When you, I mean, it's, it's an incredible running club. They still maintain the MMT as the full club run without any sponsors and so forth. And, you know, Scotty, and, and you know, even, even in your West coast years, you always proudly wore that, like, that blue shirt that the VHTRC so proud of the blue train, if you will. And I think and, and I think what's important for the listeners to understand is is that's that's the Ryan, that's the the sort of shared legacy of, you know, when you go out and you spend six, eight, ten hours on the 
in the Massanuttons or on the AT through the Shenandoahs and you're telling stories and like that's where you're getting your collective wisdom from. And uh, and so, you know, Scotty's 20 Western states and 10 Hard Rocks are, in, are an incredible accomplishment that's likely to never be equaled by anybody in the history of this sport. But it came on the shoulders of a lot of accumulated wisdom on both coasts of the country. And I think that that's really important for everyone to understand. It's it's uh, it's incredible, and it's and it's a testimony to to, to this community. What was Absolutely, you, you are very articulate, and and the, your observations and your inputs on that are, are are dead on. I I really missed seeing you at Hard Rock this year because the Blue Train sent out about twenty people, and we had a big pizza party with uh, TJ and and over 20 people from the VHTRC who came out to support some of their runners to help support me and to hang out. And it was uh, quite a reunion uh, for all of us. It was, it was just special. I, I had so much fun. I wasn't sure I wanted to get up the next morning and run the race. <laughs> uh, we, we experienced so much fun together for sure. So. What are some of those early lessons, Scott, that you learned from the people that you you know you found also appreciated this obscure niche sport that you liked? Uh, that's a great question. I I think there is many lessons. Um, I think probably the penultimate um, um, lesson you learn is that to do well in these things, you have to do two things. You have to do your due diligence and training, and you have to love not only the, the, the race or the event that you're getting into, but you need to learn to love and cherish the training that it takes to do well in them. Um, then there's a long list of other things that you learn over the years, some of which most people, including myself, take almost 40 years to really to learn one of them is the the tendency to it's it's not how fast you go out in a race <laughs> it's how you finish and most of us and i think aj would agree with this have a tendency to to run way too fast in the beginning of ultras and then and and ideally i've learned over the years that the best approach is to of course, it's taken me a long time to learn that, <laughs> to go slower and to try and carry in even or, or even pace or even splits from the beginning to the end. Hydration, knowledge, experience. I was never a really gifted athlete, especially runner by any stretch of the imagination. But one of the things that I've loved about ultra running is your experience and your knowledge and your discipline and your ability to adapt and learn your body and, and train your body, not only in physicality, but taking on nourishment and nutrients and hydration and and doing the correct type of cross training to augment your running training. All of these things can give you an advantage over a lot of runners who are much more talented than, than yourself. Yeah. You know, I've not ever podiumed. I've never won a race. I've never been a fast runner. But I've been a competitive runner over the years because of, of learning the sport and adapting to the, the things that will give you an advantage over just physical um, ability. You know, some of the icons and, and amazing um, elites in the sport today have natural ability, but they not only have the natural ability, what makes them champions is 
they learn the sport and they implement the experience and the lessons and the knowledge that it takes to be a smart runner, not just a, uh, a trained or fast runner. Well, so they, those yeah. are a few of the things. I could go on with a list of several other things, but I know AJ's got several ideas on this subject as well. Well, no, I, actually, I want to, I want to, if, if it's okay, Ryan, I'd like to dive into a little of the last couple of years of Western States. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and Scott, I want to start with, uh, you know, I remember standing at the finish line with you in 2016, you had volunteered that year. You had, you had 17 finishes at the time and you were, you were planning on going out to hard rock the next the, the next week and you did and and then the next year you came back 2017 you ran western states and it was not a pretty year it was not a pretty year for a lot of people it was there was a lot of mud in the high country uh it was a hot year um it was a, a challenging finish for you but you got the finish done, and, and that gave you 18 finishes. And, and for those of you listening, one of, the, one of the perks of Western States is when you get nine finishes, you get an automatic uh, one-time entry to do your 10th. And when you get your 18th finish, if you're in that rarefied air, you get two chances to get 19 and 20. So subsequently in 2018, you got your 19th finish. And then it came to 2000 and, or 2018, you got your 19th finish, and it came to 2019, and you were going for your 20th finish. And I know you said you've never podiumed, you've never run a race, but there was pressure that year. Um, you had one shot to get your 20th finish. You know, if you, if you didn't get your 20th finish in 2019, you might still be sitting on 19. And so, you know, th there are people who've been on podiums who r run for top tens and things like that and, and feel pressure. But here you are as a, as a 60, at the time, 67-year-old, and you had the pressure to finish this race. Uh, you did finish it. I remember seeing you at Michigan Bluff and with, all, with Gene and all your crew when you think back to that race, now it was two years ago, did you feel pressure in that moment? And did you take some of the accumulated wisdom of the previous 19 finishes and put it into action? Um, absolutely. I, I think uh, there was probably more pressure on those last two races um, than I've ever had. I, I, I tried to to adjust and train and run from a greater appreciation over the last several years that that the age card was creating more challenges that in the past I, I tried to run through or, or power through. Um, and I came to the conclusion those last two years that I've got to take a different approach and not try to run as fast as I had or as hard as I had in the past because the pressure to finish those, you're absolutely right. If I didn't get it done on my 19th uh, and 20th finish, I, I would still be trying to get in the race and, and 
probably uh, have several years before the, 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 the lottery draw worked in my favor to, to try it again. So yeah, I had a lot of pressure, but I think on the same hand is I took a different approach of, of trying to give up on meeting past times and finishing um, places with more of the idea of, hey, it doesn't matter what your finishing time is as long as it's under 30 hours. Ironically, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I, I was going to say, ironically, my last finish for my 20th was probably my most memorable and my best race at, at, at Western States, hands down. I mean, I, it was 26 hours, but I was more proud of that than when I was down running in the 20-hour the uh, range. In my I earlier mean, year. Funny story on that is, as 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 you guys know, I I sit in the in the announcers booth between the twenty four hour and the twenty six hour finishers, so that Tropical John yeah. can take a break. And and that year we were looking at the results, and we were seeing that you were so far ahead of your schedule that Tropical John didn't even take his nap. He came back because, of course, he wanted to announce your finish, and I wanted to be down on the track to see you finish. So, um, but I want to I want to Ryan before we turn it back to you, I yeah. want to again on the on the mentor. Uh, figure in the sport thing. I want to fast forward to just a, a, a few weeks ago because Scott, you might remember, I I texted you a, a good luck um, text on the on the eve of Hard Rock this year, and you said something that really kind of put put me in a in a, a simultaneously in a state of ease and anxiety. You said I'm nervous as hell. <laughs> And and, and, I, and and I'm it was very he's like AJ thank you for the but I'm nervous as hell and I'm sitting there okay here's a guy he's done twenty Western states he's done nine Hard Rocks he's about to do his tenth he's been in the Air Force and all this other stuff and he says to me I'm nervous as hell and I'm like well my God if Scott Mills is nervous as hell going into Hard Rock then. <laughs> you know that maybe there's hope for the world so so let's zero i mean what was what was in that i mean i know you were probably just trying to make me feel good because i wasn't there but you know <laughs> what was it what was it that you were feeling that night before with sitting on number 10 well it is as uh, several people who've known me over the years and and uh, i've had to deal and it's an age related condition i think i figured out how to combat it but this this lean when you get older a lot of runners have a tendency to lose core strength and and start leaning or falling to the left or to the right and and that has affected me on maybe a half a dozen races over the years and it's 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 taken me out of a race i mean it's just it's it's not so much that it hurts, but you just can't stay upright. And AJ remembers that very well, escorting me to the track one year as I was leaning to the right, entering the track. And he uh, kept encouraging me to focus on my big toe because that would keep me straight, straight up and down. But we can talk more rock, about that later. <laughs> yeah, I, at Hard Rock, I was concerned that if I started getting the lean or losing my balance over the period of upwards of 48 hours that, that I wouldn't finish. And, and this, 
I think the nervousness came from, I also knew this is my last shot at, at, at Hard Rock. I knew out of fairness to, to Gene, to myself, my physic, physical state of well-being, that I needed to train and run and, and do this one right this one time because um, I'm not going to be able to go back to Hard Rock. Well, I will be going back to Hard Rock every year, but to help others and to volunteer and to be a part of such a great event. And I'll do the same thing at Western. Western States this year, I missed it for the first time in almost 40 years of, of being there when not a runner, but helping out or doing other things because I felt it was so important to spend an extra week or two in Colorado to get acclimated uh, for the high elevation training. So I really missed Western States this year, but the reason I went back to Hard Rock early was to get in the best shape because I knew this was my last chance. And and I really wanted to do finish it off and, and do it without leaning or falling apart. So I was very nervous about that because um, um, I've, I've learned a lot of things about what causes this. I'm going to write up a, an article on it here in the next several months, but but I was uncertain. I was totally uncertain. And, and that's the nervousness. And I, the nervousness is I've done all this. I've been a part of it. I, I want to cap it off with a successful finish. And uh, thank God it, it went well due to a lot of training and a lot of good friends who are there to help pace and crew me and, and be by my side and encourage me. And AJ, I sure appreciated your comments and support prior to that as well. Scott. Well, here's, here's, here's hoping that, you know, I, I've got two hard rocks and I'm only 53 and, uh, you give me hope. So. <laughs> <laughs> what was it like though, Scott? I mean, all of these finishes, 40 years of running ultras, but that 10th finish at hard rock. I mean, most people listening to this podcast will never finish one hard rock. It's just, it's, it, it's hard to get in. It's hard to get qualifiers, it, it, but it's a beautiful race and everyone aspires to it. That 10th finish though, with all those nerves the night before, what was it like kissing the rock for the 10th time? Uh, it was very special because there's a good friend of mine who I've trained with over the years who was going for his 15th finish, Chris Twiggs. And he and I had trained several years in the past uh, out there before the race. And this year was no different. He was out there and we trained together. And, you know, we were on a, a train run. I said, Chris, wouldn't it be cool if you're going for your 15th, I'm going for my 10th. If we were somewhere close to one another towards the end, wouldn't it be cool to, to finish hand in hand t together? Yeah. And over the course of the race, you don't want to alter your pace or your game plan for him. He doesn't want to do it for me, but the opportunity presented itself with about five miles to go that we were, we were together. So we both came in and, and, and kissed the rock together hand in hand. And, and that made it super special. Um, I will note that we commented to one another when we finished to, to Dale that, yeah, I'm finishing my 10th year. Chris is finishing his 15th. If you add them both up together, it equals Kirk Apt, who was getting his 25th finish. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty amazing. And, and, too, and, and, and hey, Ryan, yeah. while, I, while I know we're here celebrating Scott, you know, Twigs, 
a, a note on twigs he the dude's got 15 hard rock finishes and he lives in fernandina beach florida <laughs> which is impressive I mean, he, he he literally does he he's a he trains in the galloway method you know run walk and he's got a, a, a little a little house in uray and he gets out there a month before the race but this is a guy who's finished hard rock 15 times he lives in florida that's pretty impressive. He may yeah, be the person yeah, yeah. to talk to. He may be the wise a, sage. By the, way, by the way, he's a great guy. We should have him on the podcast. I think it's a great he's idea. Awesome. That's a great yeah. idea. We'll need to have him on for all those hopefuls on the Beast Coast that want to get into hard rock. Learn the lessons right. from the guy who's finished it 15 times from Florida. But speaking of training, Scott, 40 years of, of, of ultra success, it seems like you've loved it the entire time. I know a lot of people will... We'll get into the sport. The interest will wane and then they'll disappear. But 40 years plus of, of ultra running, what have you learned in your training that has made you successful for all these decades? I think uh, consistency, uh, being smart in your training, not over. There's several things. One is... I think as you age up over the years, over 40 years, if you really want to stay in it, you need to recognize that you, you can't race as hard or as much as you used to. You need to gear back and, and respect that your body takes longer to recover. Mm-hmm. And I think I have a lot of friends and peers who uh, over the years have dropped off from running because they're so competitive that it was hard for them to accept that they couldn't run as fast or recover or do as well as they did when they were younger. Um, that's a common, common differentiation between people who maybe stay in the, in the sport longer, like 40 years from those who did really well, but they just, for whatever reason, don't, uh, accept that, Hey, it's not about your time or your place, or if you podium, for me, it's about the shared experiences of meeting challenges that are still very difficult, but you're, you have to accept that you're not going to do as well. So for me, I've loved the ability to keep the passion and the love in spite of the fact that I'm running so much slower, I'm barely making cutoffs, and I'm not racing or doing as much as I used to. You have to make trade-offs. You have to accept the fact that age waits for nobody. And so AJ is a good example. I think he and I are alike in this. We love the sport, the people, and what it's given to us in our lives that we want to continue to be a part of it. Maybe not running or racing as much as we used to, but being a part of the sport, mentoring others, um, getting in a race periodically when we can train up and accept the fact that we're going to do slower than we used to, but that's okay because the benefits outweigh the alternative of not running at all. So those, those are the things over 40 years that have really changed for me. As far as training going, uh, the specific training, you still have to put in uh, a lot of hard training and time on your feet and everything. But as age creeps up on you, you have to give you more time to, to recover. You have to go easier and you have to accept the fact that, you know, maybe maybe I won't be able to to run as many races as I used to, or experience as many events that uh, that I I loved in the past. Uh, and if I do, it's going to be from a different uh, perspective, I guess. 
not sure I answered your question that well, but <laughs> no, people were people were looking for the secret sauce, Scott. They were like, okay, we want the Scott Mills training plan. What's the miles okay. per well, week? I will, I will all tell you something that has has changed my life uh, for training. Um, it's been a, a big improvement for me on my back and my my lean and my core and everything. Is yoga. I do yoga three times a week now. And oh, nice. it has really, really helped me. It didn't the first month or two that I got into it, but over time, uh, with consistency, uh, yoga has really helped me a lot. So that's my secret sauce for the last three years. All right, is yoga. Write it down, everybody. <laughs> Have you seen the sport grow, Scott? You know, from just a handful of people in Squaw Valley. And now you're a big, big yoga, yoga sponsorships are going to go through the roof. But as you've seen the sport grow from just a handful of people in Squaw Valley to as big as it is now where Scott, last time I checked, there's like 9,000 ultra running uh, podcasts. You managed to get on one of the lower ranked ones, but you know, it's okay. Um, but what, what have you seen that you've liked in the growth of the sport? And what are some of the things that troubled you uh, in the seeing the sport grow so much? Those are good questions, uh, Ryan. I think I think one of the things that's is really great is the benefits and and the passion that AJ and I have experienced over the years. You love seeing other people get that and have the opportunity to do that. So the growth of the sport, more people getting into it, has been a a wonderful thing for a lot higher percentage of the population. Uh, there's so many benefits from ultra running, you know, mentally, physically, emotionally, uh, socially. And those benefits are now, um, uh, you see a, a lot greater participation, and that's wonderful. Now, the downside of the growth in the sport is something that is really disappointing to a lot of people and myself as well is, it's so hard to get into events. You know, you've already mentioned it earlier. There's so many people trying to apply for so few spots, spots at, at Western States and at Hard Rock that a lot of people year in and year out are applying and they get very frustrated. And, and I think race directors, Craig Thornley and the board of directors of Western States and the board of directors at Hard Rock recognizes, but it, the, the reality of it is there's just too few slots for too many people. So it's it's really disappointing that more people don't get the opportunity. I feel guilty at times for having had the opportunity to do 20 and 10 for Western States and Hard Rock respectively because a lot of people will say, well, you've done it. You've done it once or twice or, or a couple times. Don't put in. You know, allow others the opportunity. There's some credence to that argument for sure. Um, my comeback on that is that I kind of got on that hamster wheel years ago. And, and of course, you have personal goals that you would like to accomplish. But it's disappointing for me that more people can't experience the beauty and the passion and, and, and the, the great feelings that people who toe the line at these two events uh, may not get the opportunity, or if they do, it's only going to be one time. I will not, I mean, this is kind of shallow at this point in time to say, but I will not go back to Western States or Hard Rock again as much as age, as, as much as I, I've had my opportunities, and I want to go back and help others and mentor and be a part of it. But but I've, I've been very blessed to be able to 
to have the opportunity over the years to, to get that many times. And it's very disappointing that others may never have that opportunity. So, uh, hey, 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 Ryan, can you do me a favor and just record that little portion and send it to Gene? <laughs> you know, the, 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 the part where Scott said he's not going to do that. <laughs> no, I, I will say this. I thought a lot about it and I, I want to be a part of those events, AJ, but you can take this one to your grave. I will be there up in the hopefully in the booth uh with you at, at times but i i've had my time there and i i feel blessed to be, to be able there but there's other races i'm not saying uh that i won't try another hundred but uh i'm i'm i've had my my opportunities there it's time for others to well, be able to at least get one shot at it right and so. here's the thing scott you know, Jane has been married to you for, was it 40 years total, your yeah. marriage? Okay. 40 years of marriage. Uh, 40, uh, gosh, next month it'll be 42. Yeah. 42 years of marriage. And Scott, that means 42 years of you bamboozling her into thinking that there's a vacation coming, but it's just a race. You know, it's like, I got a great plan for you, honey. This is going to be great. Yeah. And then, you know, she checks your bag and there's running shorts in there. Is this going yeah. to be the year that you finally give Gene an actual vacation? Is she going to be suspicious the whole time? Like once bitten, twice shy? Like, okay, where's this race, Scott? Yeah. <laughs> we have had a few great vacations. We're going to have more with time going on. But uh, she's she's been she's been so wonderful to me. And, and as AJ mentioned, uh, she's my rock and she's my my best supporter. And and. Uh, I love her for that, for sure. I want you to everyone to notice that he said a few vacations. There's been a few <laughs> in 42 years that were actual vacations and not excuses for, for, for Scott to run. Other than, than Hard Rock and Western States, Scott, over your 40-year career, what have been some of your other favorite races in the sport? Uh, a close Second or third, uh, without a doubt, was uh, over in Europe, uh, being able to run the Ultra Tour de Mont Blanc uh, around Mont Blanc, uh, UTMB. It's 107 mile, which circumnavigates uh, Mont Blanc. And, mm. you know, it's 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 so special. Um, people from all over the world come in. So uh, I had the opportunity to go out there and do that about six years ago. And, and that was super special for sure. Um, that's a that's such a beautiful area and and to be running with athletes from all over the world uh it's such a unique and 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 wonderful experience um so that would be that would be right up there at the top um uh the the classic 100s are all good but you know what one of the things i love and i'm gonna put a shout out to uh to the race director who just completed uh high lonesome 100 this past oh two weeks ago mm -hmm. um Caleb uh, puts hey, on this race. Hey, hey, and, and, Caleb, Caleb Efta. Efta, yeah. yeah. It's a wonderful race. You know, he's a young, younger being in his 30s race director. And, and I was so impressed with this event, which he had about 150 entrants. It's in the Sawtooth Range of Colorado. And for lack of a better uh, uh, analogy, it's old school, but it's... Uh, his ability to put on a race for the runners, by runners, and do such a wonderful job 
just really impressed the hell out of me. So, you know, there's a possibility that if I can get lucky in his lottery next year, that our next vacation may be back out to Colorado <laughs> next year. We'll see. But a, a shout out to him. It was a great event. And uh, um, I think um, the reputation that he's garnering in all, only his fifth year of that race is, is uh, wonderful. And I was very impressed by that. So uh, that would be one that... Um, if the body holds up, I, I would love to entertain if I get the opportunity maybe down the road. So, Wasatch, Wasatch, AJ, have you done Wasatch? You have, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've done it a couple yeah. times. That's, that in the early years, I haven't been back in many years. That, that's a pretty special event as well, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. So. But there, there, there's many, you know, and... and you know, a shout out to um, race directors. Having done one myself, I I know how hard of work it is. And and uh, anybody who puts on a hundred mile race or any ultra, and 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 does it for the runners, uh, with runners, um, uh, gosh, my hat's go. You know, my my, I just am so impressed by that. And I was by uh, Caleb this past week. He he did a great job. It was wonderful. So. All right, Scott, I'm going to get one more question for you. AJW, you got one more question lined up? All right, I'm going to leave. Uh, this will be my final question, then we'll go to AJW. Scott Mills, there's a whole new crop of runners. There's people jumping into the sport every single day. There are people on the internet searching for trail running podcasts and ultra running podcasts. A couple have stumbled upon this one who are getting ready to train and tow the line at their first ultra marathon. Scott Mills with 20 Western States finishes, with 10 hard rock finishes, with over 40 years in the sport. What is one piece of advice you would give to the runner who's getting ready to tow the line at an ultra for the first time? Well, we've talked a lot about a lot of different things, but I think the number one thing is um, go into a race and the training that it takes to do too well on it with love and passion and enthusiasm, um, not for a goal of a specific time, but to just do your very best and then to, to enjoy it with others and and then relish in the fact that you accomplish something that very small percentage of the population could even ever entertain or think about. And if you take the right mental approach to your training and the way you run a race and your perspective of, of, of doing your best and, and trying to do it uh, with, with grace and humility, you're going to be successful in, in, in what you do and you'll love the sport. So that would be my, my final recommendation in that regard. Andy. So Scott, I have to, I have to go back now a decade. Uh, we were doing, uh, we were doing a veterans panel at Western States and uh, you were there and uh, Craig Thornley, Megan Arbogast, uh, Jim Scott, uh, it was before Western States completely blew up. We were in a small little conference room, but there were probably 60 people in the room. And, and you, and I was, I was convening the, uh, I was convening the session and asking questions and you turned the mic on me and, <laughs> uh, and, and said, what is it that makes you 
so passionate about this event? What is it about this event? And you were referring specifically to Western states that makes it, I, I remember your exact words, AJW, what is it that makes this event so much a part of who you are? And so I'm going to turn the mic back now a decade later and say, what is it? And it's not going to be about an event, but what is it about this sport of ultra running after 20 Western states and 10 hard rocks and a bunch of other stuff? What is it that makes this sport not only something that you do, but a big part of who you are? Well, that's probably the easiest question that's been asked uh, during this podcast. And I can emphatically say the best part of the, the sport are the people and the friendships that I've gained over 40 years. And you're one of them, AJ. Um, that's it. It's the people. <laughs> I, we can't get any better Man, than that. I, if, I, if, if I could give you a hug over Zoom, I would. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I feel the same way, my friend. And, and Ryan, thank you so much for the opportunity to, to share this with both of you guys. It, it's been a, a pleasure and continued success. And uh, um, um, I appreciate you, you giving me a, a platform to, to talk about um, something that's been a big part of my life and, and always will be. Oh, thank you, guys. You are absolutely welcome. Scott, thank you so much for your wisdom. Uh, AJW, thank you so much as always. What is on your plate in the near future? Well, I'm going to go out to Havelina 100 at the end of October. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I've got to do that. I've, I've got I've to try to keep my streak of running 100 miles under 24 hours. So that's, that's probably my best chance at this point. So I'm going to go out there at the end of October and, and then we'll see what, what the, what next year brings. But if, if, if Scott can rub his hands together and get those guys to pull my name in the hard rock lottery, I, I hope to be in uh, towing the line at hard rock in 2022. Man, oh man, we'd all be glued to our screens on our phones, refreshing the app. If that happens, uh, we'll all be following the results of the Javelina. Thank you so much, Andy. Scott, thank you so much for tuning in and uh, being a part of this. And thank you, everybody, for listening. VentureJogger.com, all the old episodes, all the good stuff. We'll be back next week. We are 100% listener supported. You can make a monthly pledge on our Patreon page. Just search The Adventure Jogger on Patreon or go to theadventurejogger.com. Join the community on Facebook and Instagram by searching The Adventure Jogger. And subscribe to The Adventure Jogger wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss a single episode.